So normally when I'm talking to customers, we address things in kind of a priority. Mm-hmm. And we have a circle that we we do it. We sure. start with the AC system. Mm-hmm. Then we look at air sealing and insulating because the cost of those versus return right. is much greater than something like windows. Welcome to Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite a variety of experts in the world of green homes. And have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, and living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements, to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hello, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes. I have today a gentleman, Henry Francoise, right? Francoise <laughs> from Gunlock in Bakersfield. Uh, Henry, uh, first of all, tell us about you and about your company. Okay, well, my name is Henry Francois. I'm with Gunlax Plumbing, Heating, and Air in Bakersfield, California. And my job with Gunlax is I'm what's termed a project advisor. Some people call them a home comfort advisor. But basically what we do is we are an AC plumbing home energy improvement company. So we do insulating, we do air sealing, windows, doors, AC units, and plumbing as necessary. So um, that's basically what we do. Thank you. So I think I found you guys a few years ago when I started thinking about what I need to do to my home. And my home, as you know, is in the mountain area. It's region 16, I believe, and uh, climate zone 16. And uh, it's we are in a higher elevation. And we have certain kind of uh, weather elements that we deal with. And a few years ago, I contacted Gunlack to um, give me a so-called energy audit. Um, I ended up having somebody uh, who's local to do that part. But then when we knew what we had to do, uh, we contacted Gunlack and Henry came over and gave us um, um, uh, he looked around and gave us some recommendations. So if you can remember, Henry, um, what you found, I think I share with you the, um, uh, the energy audit report that we received from the auditor. Um, if you can remember what, um, what you saw when you came over and what you saw in the report. Right. Well, I actually have your report with me today because I had you send that to me because mm-hmm. I needed to refresh myself. To sure. Minutes. It's but, been a while. Uh, yeah. But um, what we did was we sat down and we went through that report item by item and talked about and kind of itemized by priority mm-hmm. what would be the most effective use of your funds. So what would be the biggest priority items to address? And we talked about the unit because it was old. That was number one. Mm-hmm. And that's typically where we always start with these home energy improvements, because if the unit gets old, it can start pulling a lot more energy than it should. 
And of right. course, when things were installed 20 years ago, we weren't thinking as energy efficiently as we are now. So things have changed. Right. So and by the way, I have to stop you. When you say unit, we are talking about the heating unit. We only have a propane furnace um, and we don't have a cooling unit. That is correct. Mm -hmm. And I apologize, but yes. Okay. Uh, so propane furnace is what we were dealing with with you because you do live up in the mountains. And you did kind of touch on your area a little bit. It's kind of special in that you're up between five to 5,000 to 6,500 feet elevation, mm -hmm. yet you still experience up to 100 degrees in temperature in the summertime. Yes. And you get snow in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. So you have extreme swings in temperature. Mm -hmm. And your home sits on a raised foundation. So you have an, a crawl space or unconditioned area below your house, as well as above your house with an attic. So you <laughs> have two areas to address. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of what some of the things that we were going through through that audit. Um, one of the first areas we addressed was your AC, or I should say your heating unit, mm -hmm. your propane furnace. Part of the problem that we were looking at was um, some uh, less than efficient ductwork with unsealed joints. Mm -hmm. And of course, no insulation in the attic to go with that made the unit have to work harder. Um, you also had an uninsulated or unsealed return chase underneath your unit. Mm -hmm. And you have pictures of that in your report as well. Mm -hmm. And there's two things that we address with that because I've seen that a lot in many different homes, both in the valley and up in the mountains. And 20 years ago, it wasn't considered. Right. But what happens is, is now code is written so that there can be no combustibles in the airstream. That's number one. Mm -hmm. So a framed in chase has wood. That has to be sealed off no matter what. Right. The other thing that it's doing, though, is with that type of a chase, they typically do not seal the back of the chases from the walls. So you just have a framed in wall that can now pull air not only through the filter, but also down the, the wall from the attic. Right. And now you're pulling in dirty air that hasn't been filtered right into your unit and blowing it right back out the ducts. So you have a, a home air quality issue there too with that right. shape mm -hmm. so that was another thing that we addressed as part of your uh the work that we did there mm -hmm. now so uh crawl space as well right correct um we had some some insulations below the floors but the bats were falling and some were missing especially in the below the bedrooms that that I'm actually sitting right now. It was, it used to be really cold on the uh, floor, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So what we were looking at there, um, dealing with the crawl space under the house, we'll talk about that first. Mm -hmm. um, there was a couple of options to fix that. Right. And in your case, you already had insulation under the floor, which is a good starting point. So rather mm -hmm. than rip all of that down and start over, mm -hmm. we repaired the areas that were falling down. And then what we did was we took Tyvek paper which in effect re stops airflow. Mm -hmm. Because one thing about insulation and you have fiberglass bat insulation underneath your home. Fiberglass is great. We've been using it forever. It's a good insulator, but mm -hmm. it does have one failure. It breathes. Mm. And so it's very much the way I describe it. It's like putting on a sweater when you're cold. Right. right. It works well, right? It gets mm -hmm. you warm. But what mm -hmm. happens when you walk out into a cold breeze with mm -hmm. the sweater? Mm -hmm. The air goes right through it and you get cold again. But you put on a windbreaker and now you're warm. 
So what we basically did was put a windbreaker over the insulation under your home. So mm -hmm. then you can get the airflow mm -hmm. up through the insulation and cool the floor again. Mm -hmm. I think I can share some pictures about that. Okay, can you see this picture? Okay, that is the chase underneath the, right. the propane furnace. You can see that we lined it mm -hmm. with sheet metal. Right. And that went all the way around the chase in the bottom. So that, that way, both we were removing the combustibles from the airstream, mm -hmm. as well as sealing off any places for hot air to be sucked into the unit, hot, dirty air. Right. To be sucked into the unit without being filtered. So yeah. Everything is going to be pulled from the conditioned space through the filter and up into the unit the way it's supposed to be. So here, here, this guy, like one of your guys is <laughs> crawling under on the floor. It was, it's a very small space. Um, I don't know how typical it is because we find it kind of unusual to find the return on the bottom of the floor like that. And, and the uh, unit is, uh, we have a closet space, let's see. So above this, um, opening we have a closet space and then that we have a, a little space where uh, the unit sits and the water heater sits so is that a typical configuration you see in yes for the time period of which your home was built mm -hmm, which so is there was a period of time where <laughs> right there was a period of time where this was common especially for furnace only homes I Even see. in the valley, mm -hmm. before air conditioning was a big thing and they were putting in swamp coolers as cooling, mm -hmm. right. and they would have a furnace in a closet in a hallway. And what you would typically see was a return down low because the furnace would sit on a box, typically unlined chase, just like this, right. inside a closet. And then the return would either come out the front of the closet door or yes. run through a, a grill just like this. Right. So I think this is after you guys put the lining in. And I think right. the next picture is, I think this is probably before he's before that. Yeah, that this would have been before the last picture. Right. Right? Yeah. He's taking right. off what looks like the, the uh, frame of the old grill so that he can get in there and start working. Right, right. And now, so this is where your guys are putting in the, it's, it's kind of hard to see. This is actually a video. Let's see what this is. So um, the unit that we are talking about is the furnace and it's a carrier, right? And we, that is correct. So we, at Gunlax, we are a, a carrier factory authorized dealer. So carrier is the brand that we uh, work with. That's the new with. furnace? Yes. That's the new furnace. <laughs> It's hard to right, see. right here, Brandon is my installer, and he is in the process mm -hmm. of connecting and, and securing your new furnace. And then laying on the ground there, one of my techs who I cannot recognize because his head's up in there. Oh, that would be Bruce. Yes. He is working on sealing the all the corners and edges of that chase. Now right. that they've got it all lined with metal, he's up in there with a sealant. Yes. Sealing that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay, and then this we had to we changed the um, what do you call this vent, right? So I those think. are grills, mm -hmm. and that would be a supply grill. Mm -hmm. And what he's putting in there is called a bar face grill. Um, a lot of times, especially in older homes, they have the old louver grills, right? And they worked, mm -hmm. but because of the nature of them having so much surface area. And you don't get as much airflow out of them as you do out of a bar-faced grill. 
I see. So a lot of times when I'm dealing with a customer who complains of a room having not uh, low airflow, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to cool as well as other rooms. Sometimes something as simple as changing a grill can improve airflow into a room enough to make a huge difference. So sometimes that's all we have to do. Other times it involves enlarging ducts and changing the way duct work is laid out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, you know, we change just the grill and it makes a difference. Right. In your case, we went ahead and changed all the grills to make them bar face just to provide better airflow throughout the home. Yeah, and especially in the living room and dining room area, we have high ceilings. So the vents are pretty high up. And before, the air was just circulating up on the top. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hopefully, you're feeling a difference now. Right. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, in the, um, in the summer, uh, um, in the winter, we, we only had like two month and a half after we got the new furnace in. So um, I didn't really get to compare. Um, right. But you know, when we had the, the unit running, it was definitely much warmer than we want, you know, we were living with before. Well, good. So that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if now's a good time, but um, one of the differences that we made in mm-hmm. your old unit versus your new Mm-hmm. Your old unit was an 80% style flue. Right. And it was a, it was a, if I remember right, a 45,000 BTU furnace that was in there. Mm-hmm. And one of the differences that we made, and you can see right above Brandon's head there, um, is a two inch PVC pipe that's stubbed mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So the old furnace had a metal flue that went up through the roof. And the reason they call it an 80%er is because 80% of the heat goes into your ductwork and 20% is lost out the flue. So it right. requires a metal flue. Right. One of the changes we made with your new furnace was we went to a 96% efficient furnace. Mm-hmm. Being now 96% of the heat goes into your ductwork and only 4% is lost out the flue, which allows us to run a two inch PVC flue, which we ran right out the side of your house instead of back up through your roof. Right. So you're getting a lot more of the, of the heat up into the, ductwork where you want it, a lot mm-hmm. less heat loss, which means that you're using a lot less propane now to heat your home. Yeah. You're about 15% more efficient than your old unit with regard to your propane use, not to mention that the heat exchanger in the new unit is more efficient even than the old style. So you were right. going to get, even with an 80%, you would get a lot more efficiency than you did out of the old unit. But with this style of furnace, you're getting much, much more. And you can tell me uh, again about the two stages, right? I mean, uh, right. So you also, this is also considered a two-stage furnace. Mm -hmm. So it comes on in a low stage of about 70% its capacity. So Mm -hmm. this new one is a 60,000 BTU furnace, but on a low stage, maybe in, in the times of the year where it's cold enough to use the heater, but not freezing, absolutely Mm -hmm. freezing below Mm -hmm. freezing cold. Mm-hmm. It can come on in low stage and catch up and heat up the house without ever even kicking up and using 60,000 BTU heat. So in low, you're using about 70% of the gas usage you would use in the, in the second stage. Right. And that's a huge energy saver as well. Right. But the so, thermostat's able to determine, okay, I'm not touching the temperature in the room, so it automatically picks up as needed mm-hmm. and is able to affect the heat in the house. Right. So now let's look at this. This is the <laughs> okay. So now we're back. Guys, I'm literally crawling. 
And this is the guys putting up the Tyvek paper. And you can see closest to us in this picture, mm -hmm. the insulation batting that was up there. Right. Which it's not bad. It, you know, it's a it's about 10 inches thick, which is plenty for mm -hmm. underneath the home, mm -hmm. but it was able to breathe. Right. The Tyvek paper that they're putting up, it's putting the windbreaker, like we talked about, right. on that insulation and making it more effective. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't know how you guys do it, but they're literally <laughs> crawling under the cross <laughs> in the crawl space. And this is how it looked like when when they had it put put on. Right. And yeah. There, there is your windbreaker now, and mm -hmm. you can see it runs from from joist, major joist to major joist. Yeah. Covering those floor rafters and and covering up that insulation. And now that insulation won't breathe. So it's right. able to be as effective as it is as a sweater inside. Yeah, which I appreciate. And this is more of those picture. And then this is now at the attic. And obviously it's a bad, very bad picture, but it's so dark. And, and I, I kind of stuck my head out and grab a picture. So um, this was before you got this is a blow in i think this is the um how it was done like right this right. is the cellulose um, so that how is, they blew in. yeah that is to blow in cellulose insulation mm -hmm. and that would have been blown in on the floor so what you're looking at is the knee walls of right. your attic space mm -hmm. which is those are the high walls of your vaulted area in your living room right and previously they had zero insulation right. all board and studs mm -hmm. and what that means is that you had a half inch of drywall that was insulating your living space those high walls mm -hmm. from your attic right so in the summertime if you have 100 degree weather up on the mountain your attic yeah. is about 140 degrees yes yes so you have a lot of heat coming through that wall mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what we did was we insulated um i believe we spray foamed those walls that's why they look like that mm -hmm. um and that spray foam is really good because it does a couple of things. Again, we're air sealing. Mm -hmm. So we're stopping airflow through mm -hmm. cracks and crevices that would normally be there as the nature of drywall attached to wood. And as wood settles over the first four to five years right. of being built, it's going right. to pull away from the drywall slightly and leave a slight crack where air can travel. So not only do we have air or heat infiltrating through the wall, you also have hot air infiltrating through the wall. So right. spray foaming that knee wall did a couple of things. It stopped the airflow and it also insulated and stopped the heat flow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that was what we did for your knee wall. Now, where we're standing in this picture, we also added insulation to the flooring because if you look at the ceiling right. of your, this is your attic space, you can right. see it's insulated. Right. That would have been a good idea had the attic not been ventilated, mm. but the attic had, your attic has gable vents on each end, mm -hmm. which allows air to flow through that attic. Right. Well, the problem with that is then you basically render your insulation on your roof useless at that point. Right. Because the heat can, hot air and cold air can come right in the side of your attic space and your attic space is literally going to be the same temperature as outside now. Right, right. So we needed to insulate the attic space from the house, which is why we blew in cellulose on the floor of the attic mm -hmm. to a level of R50, which is about 16, 16 to 18 inches. Mm -hmm. 
and that will prevent heat and cold going from the attic space down through just a, again a half inch sheet of drywall into your home. Yes, and you you also mentioned the air sealing uh, earlier, and I don't have the picture, but maybe we can look at this picture. You um, caulked all the way around, right? Can right. you can you talk about that? So let's talk a little bit about air sealing and what it does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'll, I'll get a little wordy here because it goes back to history. You know, oh, back, yes. back when we were first starting to to build or or think about. Um, home building and, and energy efficiency, even at a minimum, mm -hmm. you know, originally all we cared about was getting out of the elements. Do we right. have a structure right. a safe place to sleep? Yeah. And we never even thought about insulating anything. Outside mm -hmm. walls were insulated. Mm -hmm. We had single pane windows that were not sealed. Right. You know, as time went on and we entered the seventies and eighties, we started insulating the outside walls. We started putting in dual pane windows and gasketing doors. And we got really good at sealing the outside of the house mm -hmm. from the inside. But one thing we didn't consider, and it wasn't until the mid nineties when some engineers were having problems with the units they sized for their homes, they, these units weren't keeping up after their calculations, they double checked everything. The unit should have been keeping up. So they went and did what's called a blower door test. And I mm. believe you had that done on your home when yes. you had your home audit. Yes. And what they basically do is they take a gasket on the front door and they attach a big fan to it and they blow air from inside the house to outside. And what that's doing is it's exaggerating your home's air leakage. Mm -hmm. Because now we're just making more air go outside that the house has to pull in from somewhere. Right. And as the house pulls that in, we take an infrared gun and we figure out where it's coming in at because the outside temperature will be different from the inside and it will show up on an infrared camera. So when they did this, they figured out that they were getting so much heat gain from the attic, a place they never considered before. Right. They got really good about sealing from the outside, but never thought about the attic. Right. Well, prior to this, we had drilled holes for plumbing, for electrical. We had nailed our drywall up to the top plate, but then again, as the first four or five years of a home goes by that that wood shrinks just a little bit and leaves a gap those were all places for air to travel down the wall from the attic and into the home so as about 2007 2008 come around we actually made that code where we have to foam seal all penetrations and caulk all top plates of drywall mm -hmm. to, the, to the top plate of the wall right that way we can seal off Oops, I lost you. 100 plus degree temperatures, like here in the alley where I live, mm -hmm. it'll be 160 in the attic. And like where you live, probably about 140. Well, you don't want all that dirt and dust along with hot air coming into your home. Yes. So what we did in your case also, was we, before we insulated your attic floor, we went through and we foam sealed all the penetrations and all the top plates of the walls. And then we blew in the insulation over the top of it. Right. And then here in, in this picture, we went around the whole top ceiling. Mm -hmm. And because we knew that that drywall was not sealed to the top plate, we caulked the baseboards both top and bottom to the ceiling and to the wall to prevent any air leakage from coming through. So that's how we handled that. Now, um, since I touched on cellulose insulation for your attic floor. Oops, sorry. I should yeah. talk about the difference between cellulose mm -hmm. 
and fiberglass. Okay. Fiberglass has been used forever. And like I said, it's not a bad insulator. And it can be blown in or it can be bat insulation, as is the case in your roof here. And it's worked well. But when cellulose has been used, we found that number one, it's environmentally friendly. So mm -hmm. it's a good choice for sustainability. Right. Number number two, it doesn't breathe the same way that fiberglass breathes. So we talked about that sweater. Right. Cellulose is like it has its own windbreaker. It still mm -hmm. breathes a little bit, but not to the extent of fiberglass. Right. The other advantage it has is that as it's compressed, so as time goes by and it slightly starts to compress over time, which fiberglass will do the exact same thing, it doesn't lose its R value. Fiberglass will. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody goes up in your attic and has to walk around it to, to check something out. Every footstep they compress of fiberglass loses its R value. Every footstep compressed of cellulose does not. Mm -hmm. So you it'll maintain its R value through time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm I'm very grateful that you've done that. And as I said earlier, this insulation in the attic has made significant difference in how it feels inside the house. And, and I'm surprised that I'm feeling um, more in the summer um, that these rooms are staying nice and cool, even when it's 99 degrees outside. So it's, it's a huge, it's a huge improvement. I'm glad that you're feeling the difference and you've actually had a really good summer to test that out. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Warm, so. oh, yes, yes. So um, so this is how you, you they um, they were blowing the, the, the <laughs> cellulose into the So this house. is the cellulose, right? <laughs> <laughs> is this the yeah. cellulose? So what you see is he's about to open a bag of cellulose insulation. Cellulose like that. insulation. Oops, sorry. Oh, here, I won't interrupt your sound. That's go okay, go ahead. So as he opens the bag, he dumps it into a hopper that blows it through that tube. Mm -hmm. And then we run that hose all the way up into the attic and we're able to blow it into the corners and right. work our way back out to the hatch. Mm -hmm. And as we blow it in, we fill you up to 16 to 18 inches, which is wow. our feet. Yes. And all the way to the to the attic hatch. And we put up a little um, barrier at the hatch so that we mm -hmm. can get you filled up all the way to the hatch. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we addressed that was in your report that was with regard to the same thing, your attic space, mm -hmm. putting a little foam strip around your attic hatch so that we could seal it. Because oh. another big place for air leakage from the attic is around that hatch. Right. Most of the time, they just take a piece of drywall, they cut it to the size, and they right. set it in there. Right, right. The air can travel right around it really easily. So we glue a two to three inch piece of foam, styrofoam, on the back side of your hatch, mm -hmm. go up in the attic, which provides right. insulation, right. and then also put a little foam strip around the, the perimeter so that as that sits down on it, it makes a seal, mm -hmm. and you don't get the airflow through that. Mm -hmm. Real simple thing to do. Yeah, doesn't cost very much, but makes a huge difference on air infiltration from your attic. Right. Yeah. So I'm. I. So this is uh, one of the tests that uh, after you guys came and finished the work. Um, this is one of the tests. But do you know what this is? Um, so this what, was a what that is, is. It's called a duct blaster, and mm -hmm. it's used to test the duct work. So mm -hmm. what he's doing 
you can see the hoses going into the ductwork. That should return on the floor. Right. He's pressurizing the whole duct system. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know if you have pictures of it, but the other grills, all the supply grills, like the one you showed I in the living room, all sealed, mm -hmm. uh, just like the rest of this grill is sealed. Mm -hmm. And so it pressurizes your ductwork. Right. And he's able to take a differential pressure reading of the room versus the duct mm -hmm. to determine how much air leakage you have in your ductwork. Mm -hmm. This right. is a requirement anytime a furnace or an AC unit is changed in the state of California. I see. And you pull a permit, they require you to do a duct test after the new unit's in. Right. And you cannot leak more than 15%. Mm -hmm. Let me just be clear 15% is not good ductwork. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the standard that they've set. Right. 15% is the minimum we'll allow to pass. Right. right. Good ductwork is in the area of 5% or less. Okay. Which is where you were at. Uh, and, on the report I got um, from you guys, only said that this passed the, the test. But do you right. have you received any data from them? Do you know? I do what? not have the actual data. Typically, mm -hmm. on a on this type of a situation, they mm -hmm. just look at it and it's a pass or fail situation. I see. When you I do see. a home audit, he should right. have tested your duct work he or could have mm -hmm. and given you the exact mm -hmm. reading. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is a good time for me to tell you, uh, talk about, I'm going to stop the uh, share, that um, I, I wanted to use my home equity loan to do this work, but um, it, it turned out that the process took longer and we were just fastly uh, approaching the winter. So we wanted to uh, get this going. And what we did was I found a uh, financing called Real, which is uh, for um, insecure loan, but it's specifically for energy efficiency improvement. And we had to use a, a, a contractor that was in their network and Gunlag was or uh, you you guys made an effort for me to to be able to utilize your service which i'm really grateful for and well, i need to pass something on with regard to this so we were part of that real program previously mm -hmm. and we had let it expire our membership and when mm -hmm. you came to us mm -hmm. you asked me if i was a member of it and i went and looked into it and i had been so it was a very easy process for me mm -hmm. to get back into it mm -hmm. And all I had to do was renew my paperwork for them. And once we did that, we were able to be a participating lender for you. Well, since then, I have had probably 10 or more different customers use that wow. program as a result of you bringing it to my attention because we had been in that program prior to me taking this position with my company. So it mm -hmm. hadn't really come to my attention. Yeah. And because of the way they work and the ease of the way they work, we were mm -hmm. able to, uh, I'm able to direct customers all the time to it. Yes. Because it's a, it does a couple of things. One, it makes lending available to those who may not actually normally be qualified. Exactly. It gives you really good rates. Mm -hmm. And it does have some stipulations on what you can use the money for because it's an unsecured personal loan. Right. But um, they don't charge me to be able to offer this financing. Right. Which means I can keep my price as low as possible for my customers. Right. And allow them to finance a lower number than normally with my other financing program. So it's a yes. great deal. Yes, I, 
I agree. And, you know, for my end, uh, it, the underwriting process was so much easier and faster. So rather than waiting for the arduous process of uh, refinancing or getting the home equity loan, uh, it was it, it was much easier and easier access. But also to for the audience, um, uh, once this is done, you can actually pay it off once you can get your home equity loan, or there are other uh, energy efficiency mortgage available that that can be used to uh, pay off this loan so that it's it's no longer insecured. So this was a, a lot of um, a learning process for both of us. And I'm really glad that we were able to work together, Henry. And <laughs> thank you so much. And, and um, just quickly, I'm thinking now that we got the insulation and new furnace in, um, I'm thinking about a next step. And uh, what do you recommend based on what you've seen? And you know, I'm thinking about addressing the windows because our windows are a double pane, but it's not very efficient in terms of the, um, the energy efficiency. Uh, we are also looking at the roofs. What would you recommend our next step to be based on what you know? Based on what I know, mm -hmm. um, I know you were looking at the roof. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, with all your insulation in the in the attic, the mm -hmm. roof is not going to make a huge difference on your efficiency, mm -hmm. but it may make a, a difference on leak, leaking mm -hmm. and so forth, because I know you were looking at some roof deterioration. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, windows. I'll just be honest, windows are usually one of the last places that I point mm. my customers to okay. for energy efficiency improvements I see. for the simple reason that they cost quite a bit to replace mm. and don't give you as much return as you would expect. I see. Going from single pane to dual pane will make a bigger difference than going mm -hmm. from dual pane to a newer dual pane. Mm -hmm. The best thing you could do with your windows at this point if you wanted to wait on those down the road, mm -hmm. would just be to make sure they're cocked well, which I believe we caulked them when mm -hmm. we were there. Mm -hmm. So they should be cocked well and leaking less air. Mm -hmm. They may leak a little bit of, of um, heat or mm -hmm. heat loss one way or the other through them. Mm -hmm. cool. uh, heat to the outside in the winter mm -hmm. and heat to the inside in the summer, mm -hmm. but probably not a big enough difference that you're going to see a huge energy gain for the money that you spend on changing mm -hmm. all your Mm -hmm. Right. You know, our doors gasketed. Those are cheap and easy fixes. Right. Right. Um, so, in, in recommending your next step, if your roof is in need of repair, yes, and I would start looking at that probably before I look at windows and make windows my last thing that I change out. Right. I see. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And what about what about the ventilation? Like uh, in the winter, uh, in the summertime our unit is not running and that's the only thing that moves the air in this house I think correct so when it gets hot uh, what we do is usually um, shut all the windows and close the blinds and curtains so to get the heat out but then there's no air moving do you have any recommendation for that um that is a difficult one because your house is set up as heat only. Mm -hmm. um, you could try running the fan just to circulate air just mm -hmm. on the fan only and not running the heater. Oh, right. That might help just because air is moving now. Right. Um, 
but it sounds like you're doing kind of what what you need to do. You don't yeah. want to put in necessarily direct ventilation to the outside because now you're reopening your home to air. Right, right. The other thing you could always look at in the future is possibly adding in AC right. to your existing system, which is completely doable right. at any time. Right. It's adding in an evaporative cooling coil above the furnace mm-hmm. and tying that into the existing ductwork that goes up into the attic. Mm-hmm. And then also adding a condenser outside, like we had looked at originally. Right. right. But it is an investment. You got to run some electrical. You got to run the line set. Right. Um, yeah. Or condenser pad. Figure out where we're going to put that. Mm-hmm. It ends up being quite an investment. But as far as home comfort goes, then you're able to control your right. temperature in your home, both in right. the summer and the winter. Right. Yes. When we first uh, bought the house in 2005, uh, it was hardly hot you know i mean it, it was it it would get warm and i don't think we saw any homes up here that had air, air conditioning and the recent years more and more homes up here are putting in ac unit because it's getting really hot you know and right. the, the hot days in the you know when we started having those heat waves it was uh, bearable you know because it would only last maybe a few days and it'll pass but now we are getting more and more days of hot, you know, heat, heat, uh, heat wave. So it's something that definitely uh, worth considering at sometime in the future. Absolutely. I mean, normally on a normal year up on the mountain where you're at, you won't see a hundred degree temperature, no. but you have had over a hundred degrees several oh, yes. times a year. Yes. So, you know, on, on a year like this where, and we've had a, a couple of years in a row now where we had some some heat yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. But prior to that, you would have fairly mild summers in the 80s and maybe low yeah. 90s. Which is- well, I mean, you know, I don't know what normal is anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it right there. What, what, yeah. Whatever you call normal is, you know, based on what, right? Yeah, it's all exactly, relative. So. Exactly, all relative. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Henry, for your time. This was very helpful and informative. I, I think um, people would really appreciate um, what you had to tell us. And you can tell us how we can find you, Henry. Um, you can go on to gunlax.com. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, gunlaxservice.com. And there's two S's in there. Mm-hmm. That is www.gundlaxservice.com. And you can request service online or you can call us at area code 661 327 3052. And what area do you usually service? So we service most of Kern County. Okay. Um, Kern County is basically our area. There's a few outlying areas that we might not reach, mm-hmm. but most of Kern County is covered by us. Do you cover like Santa Clarita, the like northern end of LA County or Ventura County? Not really, no. We don't get that far south. Um, uh-huh. And even some areas up in the desert, we don't get to. Uh-huh. Um, but we do go up to Tehachapi, the outlying mountain areas around Bakersfield. I where see. Our main office is located in Bakersfield, so we I cover all, most of these outlying areas. I it's see. in about an hour to an hour and a half away. I see. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much, Henry, for your time and uh, for your service. And, and your uh, crew was very professional, I have to say. And, thank you uh, for that. I will yes. pass that on. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much. Well, this was Home Green Homes podcast with 
Henry Francois of Gunlack Services. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. You're very welcome.